I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let. Your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in, and exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest, and of course, a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Today is part three of low self worth versus low self esteem. So I'm just going to pick up where we left off last week. And if you have not listened to part one and two, I recommend that you go back to the archive and have a listen first because this is a deliberate sequence. I believe there are key differences between self worth and self esteem, and I started. Sharing the first difference is that low self-worth is deeper than low self-esteem. So that's where we left off, and today we are going to move on to the second difference, and that is self-esteem fluctuates more than self-worth. 
Let me give you an example. Getting positive or negative feedback from a boss at work could cause self-esteem to go up or down, right? But it would have less of an effect on self-worth. Internal and external triggers that could cause self-esteem to go up or down are the following, i.e., achievements. So how much you get done, how well you do. And benefits it gives you as achievements. Next is external feedback, whether it is positive or negative feedback, including criticism, praise, or approval. Next is vocation and career. So your degrees,、uh, job title, or role that you play, career success, income, or status. Next is beliefs and values. So your religious beliefs, morals, values, or strongly held opinions. So other triggers can be comparisons. So your relative success, importance, or value compared to others. Next is your relationships, quantity or quality of relationships with friends or family members. And the last trigger can be physical appearance. So your body image, shape, size, or perception of attractiveness. So all these triggers could cause self-esteem to go up or down. The third difference is that self-esteem is more fragile than self-worth. Because self-esteem is more vulnerable to internal and external factors, it is also more fragile because it's related to our ego, and our ego is always fearful. It's fear-based. It is also because many of the factors that influence it to change frequently is because they are not always within our control. So, unless you have a strong backup system of self-worth to rely on when your self-esteem takes a hit, the inevitable ups and downs of life may take a big emotional toll. And I'm sure you can relate to the following experiences when you are stressed, anxious, or insecure. Include moodiness or feeling more depressed, anxious. Irritable or upset, you might also experience when you are stressed, anxious, or insecure by becoming defensive, blaming others, or projecting anger on others. Overusing unhealthy outlets like alcohol, drugs, or distractions to cope. Less inner motivation and drive to focus. And get things done, or an urgent need to do more, or seek validation, or reassurance to feel better, abandoning goals or projects that don't provide immediate boosts in self-esteem, and last, definitely not least, is feeling less able to control urges and impulses. All right. The fourth main difference is self-esteem is more judgmental than self-worth. Now, self-esteem is a byproduct of your critical mind, 
the part that's really good at finding and fixing problems. So this part of your mind is always looking for new information it can use to evaluate and compare you to, including other people, of course, their expectations or your own expectations. So this is why your self-esteem could be higher or lower depending on who you are around or what situation you are in. Now, self-worth uses your inner critic in a different way because self-worth is mostly fixed and stable unless you consciously want to work on your self-worth. Otherwise, it will use the critic to reinforce its existing beliefs about your worth rather than recalculating according to the situation that is external. This means that a person with low self-worth will often selectively reinforce their negative view of themselves by focusing on their failures and shortcomings while discounting their success and strengths. So self-reflect, do you do that? And the fifth and the last difference between self-esteem and self-worth is that self-esteem is found in the world and self-worth is found within. So true self-worth comes from within. And unlike self-esteem, it does not need to be found, built, or rebuilt. While self-esteem is largely developed in response to things that happen in your life, how people respond to you, or how well you do at a task, self-worth is found inside. And the main differences that distinguish self-worth from self-esteem are... Number one, self-worth is inherent, not something you need to earn. Self-worth does not rely on comparisons to remain high. Self-worth does not have conditions or contingencies you have to meet. Self-worth does not change according to your successes and failures. Self-worth comes from a deep, healthy trusting relationship with yourself. Self-worth is strengthened by knowing and showing your true self. And self-worth can be cultivated through mindfulness and self-comparison. And another way I could say is two elements of self-worth is affirmations. That means your internal dialogue and Boundaries. Healthy boundaries cultivates healthy self-worth. And if you already have healthy self-worth, then you know because you already have healthy boundaries. What are the causes of low self-worth and low self-esteem? Low self-esteem and self-worth are believed to come from a combination of external and internal factors. These factors cause some people to have naturally higher or lower self-esteem and self-worth. Now, researchers estimate that genes and biology determine about 50% of someone's self-esteem. 
which includes factors like personality traits, predispositions, and psychological makeup. The other half is believed to be developed by a person's experiences, with early childhood experiences playing a central role. Surprise, surprise! Parenting strategies are one of the biggest determining factors, and those with highly critical, abusive, or neglectful parents have the most negative impact. So, to a lesser extent, experiences later in life can play a role in lowering self-esteem or self-worth, including severe trauma or being in an abusive relationship. Now, so when to seek professional help? Because low self-esteem and low self-worth impact the way you think and feel about yourself, they can both have negative impacts on your life, work, and relationships. So basically, it will affect all aspects of your life. People with low self-worth and self-esteem are more likely to struggle with anxiety symptoms, depression, toxic stress, or addictive disorders. So, in some cases, self-esteem and self-worth issues can trigger these disorders, or at least contribute to their symptoms. So even without a pre-existing mental health condition, self-esteem and self-worth issues can cause a range of problems that may require counseling and therapy. So, my audience, if you or a loved one is struggling with low self-esteem or self-worth, the best course of action is to start finding a best fit professional for yourself. So now let me share with you some of the common warning signs that may indicate you need to seek professional help, and they are number one: difficulty focusing and functioning at work, at school, or on other important tasks. Negative changes in mood, including more stress, anxiety, irritability, or sadness. Next is neglecting or procrastinating important tasks at work, school, or home. Another is being less consistent with self-care, exercise, and wellness routines. Another is negative thoughts about self, life, and future. For instance, pessimism, self-criticism, and cynicism. Another sign can be self-doubt and struggling to set goals, make decisions, and take on challenges. Another sign: social isolation, withdrawing, shutting down, or lashing out towards others, or getting defensive more often than not. Another sign is overusing unhealthy outlets like drugs. Alcohol, social media, or other distractions, and the last sign can be poor boundary setting or allowing others to disrespect you or treat you poorly. And when that happens, I call it self-abandonment. That's why I have published an episode on the topic of self-abandonment. 
I highly recommend you to go back to the archive and have a listen. All right, my dear audience. As you know, I do not leave my audience hanging. So let me wrap up this session by sharing with you the steps to improve your self-worth and self-esteem. Since many people do not know the main differences between self-esteem and self-worth, they believe that improving their self-esteem is the solution to feeling better about themselves. Now you know better. But improving self-worth is more likely to provide lasting benefits because it's innate and is more in your control. So this is because self-worth is stable and consistent, whereas self-esteem constantly fluctuates. So while it can be a slow and difficult process, my dear audience, there are some ways to work on improving your self-worth. Now, obviously, I am not able to cover them all. I will share with you some steps that can help you to improve your self-worth. The first step is to stop looking outside yourself for validation. So this includes looking for approval from your boss, your parents. Now this I'm referring to if you are an adult listening to this episode. Yeah, social media followers or even your friends or significant others. External approval can temporarily boost your self-esteem, no doubt, but ultimately keeps you trapped in the same cycle of relying on external validation to feel good about yourself, isn't it? Because after a while, you realize you just cannot fill up that empty cup of yours that way. Think about that. Second step: increase self-compassion and be kinder to yourself. Now, research has proven that self-compassion pays dividends in almost all areas of life, including making you healthier, happier, and more successful. So, being kinder in the way you talk to and treat yourself is a key step towards improving self-worth. Now, start this process by improving your emotional self-care and self-talk. And all these topics and knowledge I have published in my podcast. To be honest, so I highly recommend you to scroll through the archive and have a listen. Next step is to separate what you do from who you are. You are not what you do. It is vital to understand that. While you can still have goals for yourself, try not to wrap your identity, worth, or value into these. Instead, work to get in touch with your feelings, beliefs, and your core values. That means the things you want, the things that are important to you, the things that you need and care about most in life. Now this reminds you that your worth is not tied to your successes and failures, while also helping you get in touch with deeper parts of yourself, your true self, your essence. Believe me when I share with you, 
it's not your purpose in life to get more degrees, more money, more expensive cars, or status, or power, or whatever that you tell yourself that you'll be content and happy once you have that. No, you won't. Not if you have low self-worth. Next step is to stop competing and start connecting. So interrupt yourself when you begin to compare yourself to others or feel the urge to compete. Instead, look for common ground, similarities, and things you can bond and connect over. Now this will help interrupt the unhelpful cycle of comparisons and judgments that feed into self-esteem issues, while also helping you feel more connected to people, which helps to boost self-worth. Last and not least, develop a more positive mindset. Now, a positive, optimistic mindset forms a mental condition that is conducive to high self-worth. While negative thinking contributes to low self-esteem and self-worth, negative thinking is often a bad mental habit, but one that can be broken with consistent practice. Now, here are ways to develop a more positive mindset. Look for the lesson in past mistakes and failures. Look at challenges and hardships as opportunities to grow and learn. Remember the growth mindset. See all feedback, including the ones that you don't like to hear, as valuable information to help you improve. Growth mindset again. Know that experiencing difficult emotions helps make you a stronger person. Resilience, growth mindset again. Look for ways to make things better after making a mistake versus giving up. So, my audience, as for improving self-esteem, I will offer this tool, and that is reframing. Challenge negative thoughts and replace them with more realistic, positive ones. For example, if an individual believes I always fail, they can reframe it as, "I have faced challenges before, and I know I can learn and improve." There you have it, my audience. Let me conclude this episode by quoting Dr. Roy Baumeister, the father of self-concept. He and his colleagues Campbell, Kruger, and Vols, back in 2003, in their research, they suggested the following, and I quote: Research consistently links low self-worth to mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, and poor interpersonal relationships. Unquote. Thank you for listening, my dear audience, and I appreciate you. So until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to cultivate healthier self-esteem and self-worth. Bye for now.
you can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com. Music